So in the practice of training the mind to bring it to peace, there are some practitioners for whom it's difficult for them to just stay with a mantra or a meditation word and to bring their minds to calm through that means. It's hard for them to just cultivate samadhi, to try to just bring the mind to stillness like that. And they feel that if they practice in that way, then they don't have any wisdom. They like to think. They like to find reasoning behind things. And so this is using wisdom, as panya. So in that way we use our wisdom to train the mind to bring it to peace. And so really it depends on what we're proficient in, what we're skilled at. And some practitioners, they don't have much thoughts going on. Their teacher instructs them to have mindfulness over the word buddha, and so they give that a go. And as they recite buddha, 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 and do this over and over, then the mind becomes collected on that object, and it stays with just that one object coming into peace. And so they don't like to think much, they don't like to uh, proliferate. So there are other people, however, who are walking uh, the way of wisdom. And for those, when they see someone who is just reciting Buddha, then they think, well, that person doesn't have any wisdom. But when that uh, practitioner who resides Buddha, their mind comes uh, to peace already, and they look at someone who's thinking, who's proliferating, and they think that that person, their mind's just a mess, it's chaotic, they don't have any samadhi, their mind's not collected. And so it's really, in, in the beginning this is how it is, But whatever the case, we just practice in line with our nature, in line with our personality and the way our minds work. So, for example, using the contemplation of the body as our main practice. You can see the body is just being a pile of elements, a heap of inconstancy and stress and not-self. And when people think in this way, contemplate in this way, then there's a sense of ease that comes up and the mind isn't scattered thinking here and there. And so there's this peace then, an understanding that arises, this wisdom that comes up to one degree. So initially there's the wisdom that we get from listening, from reading, from studying. And so this is a kind of panya, this is an understanding that we gain. And then we take that knowledge and we think about it and contemplate it and then we gain a deeper understanding. And then from that deeper understanding then peace can start to arise. So this is the peace of the mind. So this is the way of using wisdom to train the mind in order to give rise to samadhi. 
And so when there's wisdom like this, then this samadhi comes up more and more frequently. And initially there's peace to the level of kanaka samadhi, and so this minor form of collectedness. And there's a coolness there, a sense of ease in the mind and the heart. And then as one becomes more and more skilled at doing that, then a lightness appears in both the body and the mind. And so this shows that the samadhi is getting better. Then as one sits, and perhaps the hands feel like they've disappeared, or the feet feel like they've disappeared, the body becomes lighter and lighter, until it feels light throughout the whole thing. There's a great sense of buoyancy and ease pervading the body, until it feels like we don't have a body at all, and there's just emptiness like we're sitting in midair. And this is Upajara Samadhi, this neighborhood collectedness. And there's a joy that arises from sitting for long periods. And so sometimes you can sit like this, and there's no chaos in the mind, it's not scattered, and we can just carry on sitting. But then when that state reduces, the mind starts thinking again. But as we carry on with that, then we become more and more skilled. And then really wondrous states can start to arise. You can sit and feel this great lightness of the body and the mind. And it can be like this for one hour or two hours. And then slowly the samadhi starts to fade. But then when this happens, we uh, use our thinking and our reflective capacity to contemplate again, to contemplate over uh, physicality and mentality and how that's not self, it's not me. So with contemplating uh, like this, then we try and do that frequently as well. And then next, when we get up and go to walk, then we're able to maintain that state of peace that we had. There's still that coolness there, that sense of inner contentment that still abides in the mind. And so we have that uh, feeling like this, and that samadhi, it stays very firm. And as we carry on practicing like this, and do this frequently, then our sati, our mindfulness, grows and grows. And we contemplate more and more. And as we're walking, we're able to maintain that state of peace. And then even when we do various functions, duties, there's still this great lightness that imbues the body. And we can feel that in the same degree that what we had felt before when we sat in meditation, even when we're doing various activities. And then we think to ourselves, oh, this is possible to feel this way as well. And so the samadhi becomes better, becomes more established than it was before. And even when we're talking, the mind can still maintain the state of samadhi. When we're standing, sitting, walking, lying down, then there's this mindfulness there, the stillness, samadhi, the mind is still collected. 
But we need to be cautious here as well. Because when we gain this feeling of peace, we may wish to just contemplate the mind. And why is that? Once because we've read some scriptures, and we've heard that contemplating, or read that contemplating the body is for people who have a lot of lust. Contemplating Vedana, or feelings, are for people who have more subtle lust. A contemplation of the mind is for those who have coarse wisdom. And contemplating the Dhamma is for those who have subtle wisdom. And so, for myself, I wanted to have wisdom, to be someone who is wise, even if that meant coarse wisdom. And so I take this samadhi to contemplate the mind. And so I was deluded in this way, wishing to just watch the mind, see its arising and ceasing, seeing whether the mind had states of greed, hatred and delusion there, or whether there was an absence of greed, hatred and delusion. Seeing that the mind is just a mind, it's not a being, not an individual, not a self, not me, not you. And so thinking that when I saw that, I would attain to the Dhamma. So you see, this is is what can happen when the mind is peaceful already. We start thinking about things in our own way. Wishing to just look at the mind, contemplate the mind. But, and so when I'd watch the mind in this way, then thoughts would come up and I'd watch them and then they'd just disappear. But the truth is, what was happening was samadhi was holding them at bay. That the samadhi, it was holding those defilements down. The defilements, they were still there. They hadn't been destroyed yet. They were still present. It was just they were being held back through samadhi. So now, what do we do in that situation then? Well, we need to train. And so sometimes, Venerable Ajahn Chah said we should look at the body first. And observe this body, contemplate it as being a heap of change, of suffering, of not-self. So take this heap of flesh and contemplate this well. So he had passed through this level already. He'd already experienced this himself. And so he thought that the amounts of samadhi that I had, it was just a very small amount. But I thought it was a great amount. I was like a little child who didn't know anything. But I did listen to my teacher. And so followed what he said, contemplated this body and could see it as being something that was changing, something unattractive. Then the heart became more and more attractive. And there was joy that arose, the samadhi became better, more well-established. And I could see more clearly than I could before. 
And so this wisdom arose, and the wisdom steadily grew and grew. And so when it does that, the wisdom comes up and it grows and grows, and then it can all gather together. There can be the path gathers together in harmony, and at this point we're able to destroy the defilements. And so there's this wisdom to the level of vipassana, insight, that comes up. So therefore, may you put your efforts in, be sincere, and really practice. If you carry on without ceasing, then you need to see the Dhamma, to attain to the Dhamma. If you carry on going with it, then the contemplation becomes more and more enjoyable. You're able to actually see that the body is just a heap of elements, able to separate uh, the things out, and the mind it just works on its own accord, separating, separating out the body. <clears throat> and the samadhi grows, and the samadhi gets better, then through the wisdom we're able to see to more and more refined levels, until the heart comes to a state of emptiness. It enters into joy and happiness. It enters into emptiness. You can see all physicality and mentality as being anatta, not self. And the profundity of these insights uh, grows and grows uh, to deeper levels. Until we gain this knowledge and there's the wisdom that comes up that lets go of this knowledge as well and sees that even that is not me, that there's no one who attains to anything. So in the beginning we can use panya to contemplate for the arising of peace. But some practitioners, they use samadhi as their basis, as their foundation. And they use this to really focus on an object, to keep their minds there with one thing in a state of peace. And so they're holding these defilements at bay for now. <clears throat> and then their samadhi grows and they're working on that. Then after that, they get around to contemplating. And so they become skilled at that, at giving rise to peace and then using that peace to contemplate. And this too is the marga, this too is the path. This is also sila, samadhi and panya, this virtue, collectedness and wisdom. And so these are the two ways that one can walk, the way of wisdom, the way of samadhi. But we need to be skilled at one of those ways. And just like various people who uh, have their own occupations. So maybe two different people are working some land, but one person is skilled at uh, planting orchards, and so that's what they do. Another person is skilled at planting rice, and so that's what they do. And then other people are skilled at different things, skilled at engineering, skilled at accounting, 
that we have to be skilled at something. Some people are skilled at being doctors, others at nurses. So if we gain knowledge, then we don't argue with one another because we see that it's all the sila, samadhi and panya. And it's not any other path. So in the practice, try to bring your mind to peace and to be sincere in your practice. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, try to have a lot of mindfulness so that the thoughts or the creations of the mind start to reduce. So you can contemplate in order to bring the mind to peace so that this thinking reduces. And in the beginning what we use is sanya, so this perception or memory. And that's what this level of contemplation is in the beginning. So maybe it's the asuba sanya, so this memory that we're bringing up of how the body is something unattractive, or a memory of the various parts of the body, the various organs there. Or this perception or memory of how the body is inconstant and stressful and not self. So we use these objects of memory first, of perception. But it's not an actual, genuine seeing of anicca, dukkha, anatta. But we use these memories or perceptions first. And we carry on doing that until peace arises and grows. Or sometimes people are watching the breath, reciting Bud and then Do, until that mantra disappears all of its own accord without our intending for that to happen. And as they carry on watching the breath, and even the breath just goes, till the mind is in a state of peace and stillness. And that stillness becomes very firm, and then joy, happiness arise. And so when we do that, then there's an energy there within the mind, and that energy is able to hold these defilements down. And we do that until the mind comes out of that state, and it starts to create again, it starts to proliferate. And then we can contemplate those creations of the mind. And so it's not just when we sit in meditation, that the mind can gain knowledge. It's whenever really the mind gathers together, and then there's a creation proliferation that happens. And at that point, wisdom comes up. So we can see then the body, it's just like a robot, just a robot that's walking back and forth. And see how when the mind is in peace, it's able to separate out, that the mind can separate out from the body and see it as just being a body. And see it as just being like a biological machine. And this can be very clear. Or we can see it as just being like a puppet. A puppet that you pull strings and pulls it into various positions. 
that's just what it's like. The body orders it around. And so we see it's merely a body. When we see that, then we can see the Dhamma. But for that to happen, we need firm mindfulness and samadhi. So really set your hearts on this, whether you're a monk or a novice or a layperson, it's close to the end of the range retreat, but don't be heedless. It's not much time left, it's just 10 days left. And so may you really be intent on your practice.